0: We're going to talk a little bit about, tonight, about uh, natural disasters and God's role in those. Does he have a role? What that role is? It's kind of interesting. It seems like every time we look around lately, we see another one. And we have a tendency, I think, to believe that this is something that's just starting to happen in the world. But it's really not. I got to doing some research, and it's kind of interesting. The worst flood in history was in 1931 in China killed between 1.5 million and 2.5 million people. They're not sure because of the population. They couldn't tell who was where. 1972, there was a blizzard in Iran that killed 4,000 people. The worst cyclone on history is East Pakistan, which is Bangladesh today, killed 500,000. That was in 1970. One of the worst earthquakes was 1956 in China. 830,000 dead. Haiti, of course, was, Haiti this last year, too, was like 222,000. Had a heat wave in Russia last year, killed 56,000 people. I I didn't see that. I don't know where I was at, but I missed that somewhere. Tsunamis, 2004 Indian Ocean was 230,000, one of the biggest ones. Of course, Japan this year, I don't know what the count on that is. I don't remember. Uh, The worst one. Another one, on, number 10 on the list, was Russia at 440 dead. So it's kind of interesting. Russia, it was a tornado. Killed 440 in, in one in one trip. So in thinking about this tonight, let me share a little personal story with you to kind of put a handle around. What I want to talk about is, is how, as believers, we process this kind of stuff and and what role or does God have a role in it or no role in it And that's what I want to wrestle with a little bit. Tell you about a young man named Rusty. Rusty's 31 years old. Same age as my youngest daughter. Kid that was kind of born into a tough situation. His dad wasn't a very good influence. But this kid just excelled through school. Great kid. In church. Out of school. Went to college. Married his high school childhood sweetheart. Uh, Great job. Member of the guard where he lives. Just thought that was a patriotic thing to do. And just a... Just an ideal little family, two children, 18-month-old daughter, four-year-old son, and the kind of family that's made this country great over the years and will continue to make it great. You couldn't ask for anything any better. Beautiful sunny day, his wife's working at the hospital, and Rusty puts the two kids in the truck and goes to Home Depot in Joplin, Missouri, May 22nd of this year. They dig them out of the rubble the next day, crushing under a concrete wall, him and those two babies. He's my daughter's first cousin, so it's kind of personal to me, and I had to deal with it. Now, the question I ask in that, and we look at that, how do we process that as believers? What do we do with it? Do we blame God? And and even more than that, how do we help a non-believer? Because I had somebody in the family say to me, I know God's supposed to have plans and reasons for everything, but what is the blankety-blank plan for this? Because this is awful. And you know what? From a non-believer side, that's an honest question. I mean, you, and not doubting God, but you understand, from somebody that's not dealing with the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm helping them process, that's a real honest question because they say, you know, you tell me God loves me, you tell me God wants to save me, He won't leave me, forsake me, He'll stay with me, like He did, Rusty, because Rusty was a believer. You can't answer that question, I don't think. So the process of what I want to talk about just a little bit tonight as we look at this, and and really, I had to process this, but more so than anything, I had to help my daughters process it, and some of the family process it, which was not easy because, you know, that people don't want to listen to rationale sometimes when you do it. And yet, in the same time, you have to be careful as a Christian how you come across that. Well, that's just what God did, and you just need to like it. You can't do that either. And so... And just look at this in a few minutes. It's kind of interesting. I'll give me an example. I Had the earthquake in California a few years ago? A group of pastors had got together and uh, talked about, it, and finally had come to the conclusion there was some media there that said God didn't have anything to do with this earthquake. It's just it's just nature. It just happened. Yet in the closing prayer, one of them said, "Thank you, God, that you let the earthquake happen at five o'clock in the morning when very few people were out because it saved thousands of lives." And all the pastors hardly amended him. Did he have anything to do with it or not? He either did or he didn't. And so that's the thing we wrestle with when we're trying to dig into these things and ask ourselves some questions. Here's the question. Is God in control or is it, does he have anything to do with it or not? How do we process this when it comes our way? What would you tell me, Cliff, if I was a non believer and asked you about this? <laughs> that's 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 the dilemma right there in in trying in trying to understand this thing. And you know, From a human perspective... Yes, ma'am. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. We look at everything from a finite position. We look at it from a lifespan, and God's looking at it from eternity. And, And if we try to rationalize this thing that happened to this young man from a human standpoint, there is no way you can find anything good about it. There isn't anything good about it. Those kids didn't even have a chance to see what this world was like. But if you get to the spiritual side of it, God says, I'm God, and you're not. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. But in, in getting ourselves to the point where we understand that that's, that, that's the key. But I think you're on track there. So let's, let's just kind of work through this a little bit. Is God in control or not? Some people call those things acts of God. Some people say God has nothing to do with him. He's just over here watching. So the first thing is to figure out whether he does or not. All right, one of the things we deal with is there's an interesting thing that happened about nature. What happened when man fell? in the garden. Nature fell as well. He said to Adam, this is in Genesis 3, 17. He, Adam said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. And he goes on to say, through painful you will eat of it all of your days of your life and it will produce thorns and thistles. So not only is, is, is man in a cursed, fallen position, so is the earth. So, We have these things going on, whether you call them natural or not, but the earth is no longer perfect. It was perfect in the garden. It no longer is. And so when we look at that, one of the writers said, earth is waiting to be redeemed just like man. If you read Romans 8, 19, 21, listen to this. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in the glorious freedom from death and decay. So actually, the creation is groaning as well and struggling and straining. And in the midst of it, God is doing as he pleases when he, looks at, when he, when he, when he deals with these things. Job is a good example. When we talk about Job, and just a few verses here in 6 through 12, and it talks about, remember when, when Satan came into the heavenly court that day, and God said, what are you doing? Satan said, I've just been traveling around the world seeing what's going on. And, and God asked him, have you considered Job? And Tom, what did Satan say to him about it? What did he say, so what did he say to God about Job? He, God said he was a good guy. I mean, God told, God told Satan how good Job was. What did Satan say back to him? Yeah. He said, yeah, he's good now, but you've got a hedge around him. You've got your hand on him. So what happened? God took it off. And Job suffered. Now here's a question. Who did the damage to Job? Who did the dirty deed? Satan did. Where was God? Standing and watching. Exactly. He could have stopped. Or st- he said, this is the limit. And, and, and so God was in total control of the thing all the time, yet he allowed it to happen. What was the whole purpose of what happened to Job? Why did God do it? It's kind of to test his faith, but ultimately what happened I think it's over in thirty-seven. Job right at the end, chapter thirty-eight. Job says, "I had heard about you, now I'm seeing you." God gets glorified in it. That's why God does these things. God, it's for His glory, and for us to understand that He's God and we're not. He is jealous about being God. He's going to remain God, and from time to time, I think we need to be shown He's God, and I don't think He has a problem doing that. Now, whether or not you can say any now, a lot of people will look. They looked at Haiti and said that earthquake was because they didn't have Jesus. You can't do that. We don't have any right to pass a judgment of why God did or didn't do something. Can God allow things? Sure he can. Does he? I'm sure he does from time to time. But but we can't really assume that Martin Luther said an interesting thing one time. He said even the devil is God's devil. If you think about that, that's a really because because he is. He's only he's only as free as God allows him to be in anything when we're looking at. Here's a question I have. If God, you know, if God stopped a storm in the Bible, Matthew four thirty nine. remember when Jesus was in the boat, he said, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still, and the storm stopped. If he can stop that one, could he have stopped the Joplin, Missouri tornado? Could he? Sure he could. He's in total control of nature. He chose not to. On a more intricate level, I could say, well, God, I didn't really expect you to stop it, but couldn't you just let one of Rusty's kids overslept, or just give him a flat tire. His home was not touched. Had he stayed home, he'd have been fine. But he went to Home Depot just long enough to pick something up. You know, and you can get, you can get caught in to asking God these things. Why didn't you just do Well, he didn't. And that's the thing we have to learn to process and live with, is God chooses to do what he does sometimes, and even though it doesn't work for us. Psalms one thirty five, six and seven says this The Lord does whatever he pleases throughout all heaven and earth, and on the seas and in their depths. He causes a cloud to rise over the whole world, he sends lightning with rain, and he releases the wind from its storehouses. Scripture is just full of things that reminds us that He is in total control and He, he acts in nature the way He pleases when He chooses and when He wants to. Genesis 6, 17 is a good example. He said, look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything will die. That's when he was talking to Noah. That's a natural disaster he caused. And, and he told him, uh, um, sun stood still for Joshua. Y'all remember that one? I mean, that's, a, that's God in acting nature. Drought and rain for Elijah. Number 6, 31 through 33. He had hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed the men, along with their households, all of their followers who were standing with them, and everything they owned. So they went down alive in the grave, along with all their belongings. And the earth crossed over them, and they ban- closed over them, and they vanished from among the people of Israel. And you remember, that was the people in Israel that sin. All that was was an earthquake. That's all it was. But God used a natural disaster to take care of a point of Of business, So there's not any doubt that he's in total total command of nature at all times. And whether he causes event or whether he passively lets that event proceed is up to him. But it's never out of his command. It's never out of his control. It's never something that says, well, God's just sitting over there watching. He don't know what's going to happen. Yes, he does. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Now, the problem for us is to rationalize through this and try to... (laughs) and try to put a handle on this stuff in our lives so it doesn't just completely turn us inside out. And things like this do. They're not easy, They're not easy to. You know, we see disaster, and it doesn't mean as much until it's personal, and then you go, this don't make any sense. But, but thank God I've been in my faith long enough and strong enough. I understood it. I, I understand God, and I'm able to work through that. Okay, if we know God's in control of everything, when we do things to combat nature, when we, when we do early warnings, when we build shelters, when we have rescue squads, when we have dams, when we do all this type of thing, are we in opposition to God then? If He's in total control of nature and He either uses it or allows it, when we do stuff to counter that, are we in, are we in opposition with God? How does God see that? He's not nature, exactly. He's not nature. God is just using it. in anything that we can do Protect ourselves is not an issue with God because we're in this fallen society. It's the same as medicine, you know, and diseases and things like that. So that um, doesn't cause us any issue at all. You remember when God, what he talked about in Genesis, what did he tell man about nature? Genesis one twenty eight said, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. He actually gave man the command to manage nature, to care for it, to protect it, to deal with it as best he could on this earth. Now, it went from a state of perfection to a state of being fallen, which which complicated the issue a whole lot. But, uh, you know, it, 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 still, it still remains the same. God uses nature to his will and purpose, even in its fallen state. He can still choose to use this for this, or this for this, any way he wants to. And anything that we do to to, to counter that is not an issue with him. Matter of fact, I think he expects it of us to try and help fellow man. You know, God could have stopped that tornado, but He didn't, and, and that's just that's 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 what He does in this world. No logical way to explain that. Will non-believers have a harder time believing because of stuff like this? Yeah, they will. I think most of them will, because it's hard to right now. It may drive them to a point of searching. And there's some in that family that's struggling. His dad is lost. I've known him for 40 years. He's lost. I don't know if he'll ever be saved. I don't know that this will help him or hurt him, but I would bet you that it will push him farther away. I hate to say that. I hope it's the opposite. But just knowing him and knowing his personality and how he will approach this and how he will handle those questions because his dad never was much of a dad, but in later years, when he saw what his son turned out to be, he really loved him and really cared about him and was really proud of him, even though he, you admit, he didn't contribute much to it. So it's it's kind of almost the son was helping the dad on the backside of it. And then God just takes him out of the picture that quick. So you, you never know how that's going to work out. Um, Another thing, lot, several died in Joplin. But a whole lot of people in Joplin didn't die because... People took made arrangements because of early warnings. People did what they needed to do to survive. And God just didn't take the tornado over all the chopping. He just hit a few places. So so again, there's a there's a there's a there's a different side to this. Some died, a lot didn't. And so we wrestle with that as well in trying to find out about that. But fighting them back against destructive nature is not fighting God. It's it's just it's doing the best we can with what we're dealing with and still allowing God to be God. We don't say, God, you can't do this, but we try our best to find a way to combat that and deal with it. And, and so we, we fight against it. All right, let's consider this. If God's in total control of nature and he either uses or allows every natural disaster, if he's in total control, He has the, he has the power to say no or yes or change it then can we charge God with evil? Because there's nothing good about that boy's death. There's nothing good about it, it, it from our perspective. Then can we say God's evil? And, and a lot of people try to try try to to rationalize that. Uh, Job says this in Job 37, 6, and in 10 through 13. I'm actually going to read you 6 through 12, I think. He directs the snow to fall on the ground. He tells the rain to pour down. Then everyone stops working so they can watch his power. The wild animals take cover and stay inside their dens. The stormy wind comes from his chamber, and the driving winds bring the cold. God's breath sends the ice, freezing wide expanses of water. He loads the clouds with moisture, and they flash with his lightning. The clouds turn about in his direction. They do whatever he commands throughout the earth. So no, we can't, because God is, God is God, and he does what he wants to. We, and here, I think here's one of our issues. We like to think positive about nature. We like the beauty. We like the great temperatures. We like the winds. We like the calm motion. We like all the good parts of nature. We don't want to like the destructive part of nature, yet it's, it's one in its entirety. And God deals with the whole thing. And, and I think one of the things that challenges us to do is to deal with it. And we assume that God's like us, thinks like us, acts like us, feels the same emotions. And, and that's that's far from it. He's not like us. He, God is transcendent, which means he he is separate from this creation. He's not dependent on us. He don't have to answer to us. He doesn't owe us anything. He loves us. He wants a relationship with us. He provided a way for that to happen. <clears throat> but he's not obligated to us except for what he promises in Scripture. But we can't make demands on God about who he is and the way he decides to interact in this world, <clears throat> no, matter, no matter how much we'd like to do that. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 said this, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, and my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. What's he saying? You're not me. You don't understand what I'm doing. <clears throat> Then one of the questions we ask, uh, Hosea 11, 6, is another good version. It says, I am God, not man. And he he goes to great pains to get us to understand that. Then if God doesn't delight in human suffering, then why do we have things like why He don't like for us to suffer. Then why does that happen? That's that's something that you have to try to explain to people. And I don't know that we can, as Cliff said a minute ago, there's a rational statement for that. But, and uh, trying to dig through it. One of the things is because God delights in defending His glory. Again, He's God. He's jealous about that. He wants us to know that. He wants us to remember that. He wants us to honor that. And He's capable of getting our attention from time to time if He wants to. And He does, I think. You got it both ways. Yeah, you're doing something. It's kind of like building a community on the beach and then get frustrated because God sends a hurricane and blows it away. If you build on the beach, what do you expect? You know, we're part of our own problem. You move in a swamp area, it's probably going to flood someday. You know, you build New Orleans, it's going to flood someday. I know you all love Louisiana, but you can't build that and not say, this will probably flood someday. <laughs> it's lower than the sea. But, but we do create some of those issues. And then we want to go back to God and say, why did you let this happen? I'm sure God sometimes just goes, I don't even want to listen to this, you know. But, but we do. We do both sides of that. Yeah, we want to, we'll do that, and then we'll come back and say, well, let's pray about it. It's kind of like the preachers who said, God didn't cause it, but thank you that it was 5 o'clock. you got to get your arms around this. Yeah. She had a better handle than they did. <laughs> and her mom and daddy shouldn't have had her out there to start with. And that's, that's one of the things we dig into. But uh, here's the thing about it. We can never become more important than our Creator. And he will keep that in perspective, I think. You know, I was listening to some of the folks that had come back from Brazil, and they were talking about how easily people will listen to the gospel there. And uh, I got to think about, and a lot of those people get up every day, and, and the thing that's most on their mind is can I find enough food or substance to make it through today? And so anything that presents hope like that is worth their time. And I think probably we're so blessed sometimes that we're not really worried about surviving. And so it's, it's harder it's harder to say this is hope, this is God, because we got we got plenty and take God for granted a lot of times. And, uh, and I think sometimes God maybe just has to find ways to just get our attention. I don't know. And, and, and something you said, Cliff, I don't know what. There may be a lot of good coming out of that young man's death in that family. Because there's a lot of need in that family for some people to get right with Jesus, and it may it may accomplish that. I remember, a pastor in South Carolina was <coughs> preaching at a conference a few years ago, and he had a young lady in his church that uh, had just turned 18. She had already committed to medical missions. had been she already knew where she was going to school. And he said, "This young lady was the epitome of what you wanted a child to turn out to be." Just before she got ready to leave for school, she was just killed in a just a crazy car wreck, something that should have never happened. And he said, it just devastated this church. This was about a 5,000-member church. He said, I could barely preach the funeral. And he said, I'm thank-, He said I'm really thank God. You can't get one no better than this, and why? And he said, during that service, as I always do, I talked about salvation and coming to Christ. And he said, I did an invitation. And a couple come down the aisle, older, and said to him, we've been Mormons our whole life, but most of the time we knew we were lost. And we realized in 18 years, that little girl, from what you said, had much more than we ever dreamed was possible with God. We want that. He said, now, was her life worth those two thoughts? He said, I can't. He said, sure, I guess. But he said, that's what happened out of that. And, and he said, if it was just for that purpose and God decided to do that, that's okay. But he said, you know, but that's what happened with her. And he said, I think God works like that sometimes. And, and saw those people that day, you know, converted. Um, and we struggled with things. God says he's not like us. And, and again, we talked about that and, uh, and dealing him with that. One of the problems we have, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, we think in these terms of, of lifespan, where we are, this, and God's thinking in terms of eternity. And, you know, and we, we say, why did somebody die 20 years too young? And I think God looks at us sometime and goes, I'm talking about forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and you're worried about 20 years. And we can't fathom that because we don't see it from that angle. And life is special to us. You know, I told somebody today we were talking about this, and I said, we got two choices in these natural disasters. If God came in his room tonight and said, okay, I'll make y'all a deal. I'll just rapture all y'all to heaven right now. No suffering, no crying, no nothing. The whole bunch of us will just go. I can promise you, you'll never look back. You'll, you don't have any clue how great it is. Or you can stay here, and deal with natural disasters and disease and all this thing. What are we all going to do? Most of us are going to stay here for a little longer because we're going there anyway. But, but that's the only two choices we have, is to live here every day and work with it and deal with it and, and keep God in perspective and, and, and keep living life. And the main reason he's got us here anyway is what? Salt and light, just for the world. I say all the time, once a person is saved, there's not any good reason to leave you in this world other than to tell other people about Jesus. If you think, once you're saved, you're going to heaven. And Mr. Jones said, it can't be nothing no better. But yet he leaves us here, and sometimes through suffering and pain and sorrow and all those things, to be a witness to other people. And so that's, that's just one of the things that we have to, have to grab onto. Uh, then what's the meaning of natural disasters? What do we take out of it when we start looking at it? Just some things I'm thinking about through this It might help us a little bit. Let me read. i mean, I got a psalm here I want to read for you. This is one of my favorite ones, by the way, and I think it kind of fits what we're talking about tonight as well. When we're thinking in these short-term categories or thinking in life as a, as a short perspective. Psalms 90. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born... Or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Always has been, always will be. You turn men back to dust for saying, return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight is like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in their sleep, sleep of death. They are like new grass in the morning. Though the morning it springs up new, but in the evening it's dry and withered. He's talking about life. There is like grass. It's just you're here one day, you're fresh, you're green, you're growing. Next day, you're gone. Or that's what he's referring to. A lifespan is. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our day pass, <clears throat> all our days pass away under your wrath. We finish with years with a moan. The length of our days is seventy years or eighty if we have the strength. Yet their span is but troubled and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. And the psalmist is talking to God and he said, I'm realizing, you know, you're dealing with eternity and, and, and we're and, and to uh to, to God we're just a, a flick in the universe, just a, a quick blink of an eye. And so we'll look at disasters like this and go, why? And God's going, Why not? Because ultimately it's all about where we're going to end up in the end and where we're going to go. Here's another thing. Death is inevitable. We talked about that. We live in a fallen and condemned world. Death is inevitable. Judgment is on the way. What's Revelation twenty twenty one says twenty one one says, There I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth were gone away. So not only is this thing cursed, it's going to be destroyed. Period. Someday God's going to redeem all this. Amen. Exactly. What, you know where that is. I like that verse. It's all right. I not You know, I'm not putting you on the spot. I just want to remember. You. God is in control, control of all of His creation. How do we escape that judgment? Repentance. He's He's made a way for it. Good illustration. When the Titanic sailed and sank, when the, when the officials were trying to notify families of who was, who were dead and who were not. They put two signs at the office of the shipyard. Known, saved, known, lost. And a guy would stand out there and add the numbers to those as they come in add the names. Those known, saved, those known, lost. Theologian was heard to say, it's interesting, on that ship there was three classes of passengers and four classes of employers, employees. But in the end, you were one of two lists, known, lost, or known, saved. That's exactly what we're doing. We're going to an end where there's two lists. Those known saved, those known lost. And Jesus will know. And Jesus will make that determination. And that will be final. So in the midst of all these things we struggle with, God is just saying, it's coming to a point someday where this is what's going to happen. And he just, he just asked us to, to rationalize with him. Uh, what do we do with natural disasters then? Job one twenty. Job 1.20. When Job heard about everything that happened to him, all this was going on, and they came to him and said, Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, and then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. They should drive us to worship. No matter how tragic they are, they ought to drive us to worship, to say, oh God, I don't know why you had to do that. I'm not questioning why you did it. But they should drive us to worship. And a lot of times I think they don't. And uh, that was one of the things that the writer just stressed so much. And here's the deal about Job. He didn't know anything about God and Satan's arrangement, did he? Job just was living his normal day, a good and righteous man, and all at once, his whole life, is gone. And most people would with God, why? He goes out and worships. And in the end, he stays with it because everybody else, even his wife, said, curse God and die but Job stays the course for two reasons. He understands who God is, and he knows he didn't do anything wrong. He don't think. And he's trying to get that right with God. But in the end, it's the cool part. When it's all over, Job, and i said before, Job said, I've heard about you, and now I've seen you. And that's when the transition in Job's life took, took place, and then God blessed him again. But that was still a lot of pain and hurt and suffering for God's glory. When, when we when we start trying to understand what he did there so in kind of just just wrapping this up and closing this up I was thinking about this today and we wonder why this happens to me and that happens to you and something else happens to somebody else and why this happens to the church I really think in the end when we're standing before God someday it's not going to be so much about what happened to me but what didn't happen to me. how many times has God let me by, has god protected me you the church how many times there's two times in my life one time for sure i ought to be dead i got a buddy coming in from alaska in about three weeks and if he hadn't pulled me out of hickory lake i would have drowned i may mean, not. I, I could swim but we got goofy one day and decided to swim across the lake and if he hadn't been there i wouldn't be here now now did god have anything to do with it i don't know i'm gonna say he did and, uh, you know, I was in an accident in Memphis and uh, got hit head-on down there in a truck. And when the guy hit me, I was about 15 feet from a pole about this big. And the only thing that kept me from, from hitting that pole head-on, which I don't know what it would have done to me, is when the guy hit the truck, he hit it so hard, he bent the front wheels around to where the truck turned back the other way and missed the pole. It broke the mirrors. how close I got. If I'd have hit it, I wouldn't have walked away from it. Might not kill me, but I wasn't marked. I think God was there that day. I do. I I just give God credit for that. I think all of us are going to have so many things in our life that we realize, even if we've suffered and hurt and experienced things, God's going to say, "Yeah, but look here. I was watching you. I was taking care of you. I I was doing what you need me to do." And I think that's the thing we focus on. Psalms 46, and I want to close with this. This is a this is a great little great little psalm that I think just kind of sums up. Our relationship with him and identifying who he is as creator and as ruler of this world. And he has the right to do what he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to. And he asks us to have faith in him and to trust him and to understand that he knows what he's doing, even though we don't understand it. And stuff like this I share with you tonight about Rusty, we're not going to understand this out of heaven. We're really not. We know God. We understand his nature, we understand why it happened, we can live with it, we can accept it, but we're not really going to understand it. I mean, and even if it gets other people saved, you're going to look at God and say, God, couldn't the Holy Spirit got that other person saved without taking this boy and two kids' life? I mean, that's a natural question when you think about it. So that makes it tough. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in her uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I think if there's anything else in this world he would like for us to do is to be still and know that he's God. Because I think we forget that sometimes. And not maybe us, but Christians in general forget forget that. He said, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is serious about being exalted, about being worshipped, about being left on his throne, about being acknowledged as mighty, as holy, as all-powerful, as all-seeing. He's jealous about that. And and I think we have to be careful about getting that out of perspective because he can bring us back in, back into shape on that. But nature is is something that he does control. And we're talking about natural disasters. We can argue from the end of time about why he did or didn't let something happen, or did he did did he cause it or did he just watch it? But either way, he wasn't surprised. But he wasn't surprised with that tornado in Joplin, Missouri, that day. He wasn't surprised about who died. As hard as it is to think about that, he knew. Those three people that I know weren't, were not going to survive that, and yet he allowed it. The challenge for me is to learn to live with that and not think any less of God, not honor him any less, not worship him any less, but, but more in understanding how, how tangible life is at times. But uh, don't let anybody tell you that he has nothing to do with nature. He, he's all to do with nature, and when we get into these discussions... He just does what he wills, when he wills, and how he wills, and and I don't think we can explain that to people. Sometimes it's hard to explain it to ourselves. Any questions? Any thoughts before we close? Tough subject. It was personal to me. Is kind of the reason I wanted to share it with you, but uh, and we're still processing that a little bit. I'm I'm okay with it, but my my kids are processing a little bit because they were close, and uh, but it made them think about life and uh, and how short and how quick things can change. You know but uh, there's a lot and and we don't know there was other hundred and something families there that suffered the same thing and lost somebody but there's tons but it's an opportunity for us to witness it's an opportunity for us and uh, you know to show God's goodness and God's love and God's mercy and in a situation like that I think sometimes and I find a lot of times at, at funeral home stuff you just give somebody a hug and say look I had a I had a Real good friend at the phone company. His son got killed several years ago. He was helping a person move, and he got shot in a drive-by shooting. This kid was good as gold, wasn't doing anything. And I went to the funeral home, and and Bubba's an African American man, and they do funerals different. And I went in, and and they they set it up different. But I went over and talked. I sat down beside him. And I said, Bubba, I don't have any words. And he looked over at me, slapped me on the leg, and he said, We don't need any words. Which, and that's true. There's no use going in there and trying to explain something like that away. I just said, man, I I love you, and I don't have any words. He said, I know, but that's cool. You're here. That's the best thing we can do sometimes. Don't try to over-explain it. God is God. We're not. And some things, we're never going to know this side of heaven. And we just have to learn to live with that. Everybody good? I do. I think we can rush them. I think we can rush them. I think the number one key is if I'm in God's will, fulfilling God's plan, that's got a length of time to it. And as long as I'm faithful in it, I'm good. Because God's got I'm going to leave this world and I finish his work that he's designed for me. If he designed it, he's going to complete it. Now, I don't know, you can, you know, we can get in a car and do 200 miles an hour down Dixon Road and probably <laughs> mess that plan up a little bit. But, yeah, I think, I do. I really do. The best I can tell about Scripture and so that young man's days was 31 years for whatever reason. Those two children were 18 months and four years for whatever reason. And I can't explain that to you, and I'm not going to try. And I've got three 500 books at home I could read, and I still can't tell you. And, and I'm just being honest with you. It's just, it's just, it's just what happens. It, it, amen. But I know this: God is God, and He's still on the throne, and He will be until this world comes to an end. So. Yeah, even if you do that, it's not going to help. <laughs> but uh, if we learn to, to deal with these things, and you know, and sometimes, you, you know, the person that asked me about what that plan was, I, you don't answer, you don't respond to that because anything you say, it's going to be the wrong thing. You say, "Well, God knows what He's doing," or "You just need to get right," you just need to quit worrying about it and leave God alone, or, or God has a plan. You, you can't explain that kind of stuff away sometimes. You just have to you just have to work with it, and hope that that person deals with it and gives you an opportunity somewhere down the road to tell them that God loves them, and uh, and you know that life goes on. But uh, I don't know; those are tough situations, and and I just I've just experienced that one personally, and uh, mostly working with my kids on it. they did pretty good with it. I mean, they really did. And uh, but uh, it will cause you to set up in the mornings and say, life is short sometimes you just don't know anybody else all right thank you guys hope we left you with something that uh, means a little bit because we we deal with this kind of stuff all the time and it could be disease sickness a lot of other things tonight we're just talking about natural disasters but god is god in those things